Miss Jen and just on until we've read through verse 16. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And he said, And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. Verse 14. But when Jesus saw that he was much displeased and said unto him, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forgive them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, and put his hands upon them, and blessed them. It is not as common as we might think for a person to sincerely care about children. After all, children have a unique mindset and a unique set of needs. We all know how difficult it can be to find workers for children's ministry. Because it's not as common as somebody might think to find people that genuinely care and desire to work with the unique mindset and specific needs of children. They require plenty of focused attention, care, regularly scheduled feedings. Just ask Enoch if he, if he doesn't get his feeding on time, he will let you know. Um, a great deal of love and understanding, and even a good deal of imagination. But children are special. And they have a special place in the heart of Christ. He sees them for who they are and for what they will become. It has been said you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. And while we as believers know that the most important decision a child can make is to accept God's free gift of eternal life, we cannot make that decision for them. However, we can lead them, lead the way to Him. The greatest thing that we can do for our children is not to make sure that all of their physical needs are satisfied. That's important. We need to take care of our children. We need to take care of the children around us. But that's not the greatest thing that we can do for a child. The greatest thing that we can do for a child is to bring them to Christ. In this passage, we find some adults doing just that. And really, I'll just say right now, as I read this passage and as I study this passage, the, the, the attitudes and actions of the adults in this passage are very illuminating, and even to a certain extent, surprising. Mark chapter 10, verse 13, And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. I mean, you would think that they would be saying, Okay, bring the children to, bring the children to Christ. Lead, the, lead people to Christ. But that's not what took place here. The disciples, the religious leaders, the people that were following Jesus, said... Get out of here. The master doesn't have time for you. They rebuked him. It was customary in those days to take children to a rabbi for a blessing. But Jesus was no ordinary rabbi. This was Jesus, God the Son. So these people who brought their children to Jesus sought a visible means of conveying God's blessings upon their future life. 
They sought a visible means of conveying God's blessings upon their future lives. Sadly, today, many parents do not show their children the way to Christ. Of course, non-believers would have no motivation to have their children influenced by God. But many people of faith, many believers, fail to take the lead in sharing Christ and living lives and in... Um, with a consistent testimony they claim to hold so dear. Worse, some parents of Christian homes actively discourage their children from living for God out of the misguided fear that doing so means that they will somehow miss out on opportunities in life. I remember growing up that I had relatives when I said that I wanted to become a missionary. Why on earth do you want to be a missionary? You, you can make so much money if you were an engineer, or if you were a doctor, or if you were this or that. You're going to miss out on all the good things of life. Even many Christian parents today have the same attitude. A child comes to them and says, you know, I'm really thinking about it, I'm praying about it, I think God may be calling me into the ministry. No, you don't want to do that, you don't want to go there, you don't want to do that. The truth is, we only miss out when we seek to live for ourselves instead of our Lord and Savior. And that's true right now, and that's true for all of us. We only miss out in life when we seek to live for ourselves instead of living for our Savior. Mark 8.35 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. If you wish for a more measured and less impassioned approach to the faith of your faith in the lives of your children, you're modeling spiritual lethargy. And it will only lead them to faithless lives that count for nothing in the light of eternity. Prodigal lives are sometimes, but not always, connected to prodigal parenting. It is said that 70 to 80% of the children that are raised in church will be out of church by the age of 25. I believe that there is a reason. And it comes down to prodigal parenting. A lack of consistency in the lives of the parents in what they say and do. I have a uh, I've seen it in our own ministry here in Korea, where a, a parent will say, you need to be sold out to Christ. Christ is number one. Christ should be number one in your life, but skip Sunday service and go to the hall one. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. The crowd sees that. They understand the hypocrisy there. Modeling spiritual lethargy will lead to faithless lives that count for nothing in the light of eternity. These ladies, these people brought young children to him that he should touch them. And the disciples rebuked those that brought him. Well-known evangelist D.L. Moody was once asked about the response to a revival meeting at which, he, at which he preached. He responded that two and a half souls had been saved. When he was asked, oh, two adults and a child, he replied, no, two children and an adult. 
The children have their whole lives to live for Christ. The adult has come with half of a life. Children matter to God. The disciples had to have known that children had a special importance in the life and ministry of Christ. Even his teaching in Mark chapter 9 with the child on his lap conveyed his heart for children. But when these children were brought to Christ, the disciples surprisingly rebuked those that brought them. They literally condemned the bringing of these children to Jesus. Why would they have done it? Perhaps their motivation was not a hatred of children, but rather an attempt to protect the time and energy of Christ. They evaluated the situation and concluded wrongly that his time would be better spent caring for adults. But they were wrong. The Bible says in Mark 10, 14, but when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. As people in ministry, we have to be careful of this also. I know there are different ministry philosophies and different missionaries that I have worked with have had different philosophies about working with children. And at least some of them have said, well, I don't have time to work with a child. I'm working with the men of the church. I'm working with the men. If I can get the, if I can get the man, I'll get the family. We need to have balance. We need to have balance. It would be a mistake to gloss over the phrase, much displeased. The disciples' actions, even if well-intentioned, were totally incompatible with the will of Christ. We must guard ourselves in the ministries in which we are involved to not lose focus and not lose balance. It is biblically wrong to focus on one particular age group at the exclusion of all others. Whether that be the children, or whether that be the adults, or whatever. I remember when we first came to Korea, I had a pastor in a non-Baptist church tell me, we are de-emphasizing our children's ministries, we are closing them out, the Korean population is aging, and we are refocusing to senior ministry. Korean. I, I remember thinking, you have just signed the death warrant for your church. You have just signed the death warrant for your church. I'm not saying that we should not focus on other ministries. There must be a balance. But we must reach the kids. Mark chapter 15, verse 15 and 16 says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. Jesus continued, saying, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. This connection of children to the kingdom of God occurs in related passages, such as Matthew 18. When it says, and said, verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Consider the expression with me this morning, become as little children. What attributes are present in the life of a child that would help adults in the matters of faith? Help me out here. What are some of the attributes that a child might have that would help in the life of faith. 
they trust so quickly, I mean, their way of belief. To say something, they believe they were going to do it. <laughs> so trusting. What else? I'm sorry? <laughs> you answer, you answer me that one, Ethan. Okay. A child does is is his life normally characterized by obedience, or does he have to be taught to obey? We're talking about some characteristics that are ingrained that you don't necessarily have to be taught. The fact that we need to be taught by our parents. I'll put it this way, a recognition of authority. A child has an innate recognition of authority. They may rebel against that authority, but they recognize the authority. We as adults what are some other traits or characteristics that a child would have that would help a Christian or an adult in their in their faith? Most of them are very really loving and kind. Few that are very <laughs> loving, kind, accepting. Mm -hmm. A child is generally accepting of other children, even if they're different. Mm -hmm. Generally, not always. There is the bully out there. I understand. I've been in the public school system. I know what it's like. There, there are the bullies out there that that just don't want to accept anybody that's different than them. But in general, they're very loving, kind, and accepting. Mm -hmm. What else? They're not as hard-hearted and still-hearted. They haven't learned mm -hmm. to be hard-hearted. Hard-heartedness is a learned emotion, attitude. It is not an ingrown attitude. Ingrown is soft hearts. Naturally is soft hearts. As we grow, we become calloused. And it's easy to become hard-hearted. What are some others? There's a big one that we haven't got yet. That, that's, that's on my list. Okay, that's one. Children are trusting. They have no problem admitting their need. Babies are not embarrassed to let everyone around them know that they're hungry or it's time for a diaper change. Give us about two and a half hours, no, about an hour and a half, and you will see that for sure. <laughs> Toddlers don't mind asking for help to tie their shoes. Children naturally trust their caretakers. They just believe that when we are there, their needs will be met and everything will be okay. Let me say that again. Children just naturally believe that when their parents are there, 
their needs will be met and everything will be okay. How should that influence our relationship with our Heavenly Father? Hmm. He's there all the time. Do you see what Christ is saying? That we as adults need to become more like children? That is the heart we need towards God. Like children, we must trust that God has our best interests at heart. And if He is with us, we have everything we need. We need to have the attitude, I'm in God's hands. He has this. Children are teachable. <laughs> By nature, children are curious. That curiosity can get them in trouble. It did me. When I took a um, uh, paper clip and jammed it into the outlet, I wanted to know what would happen. Well, I found out what would happen. <laughs> what happened? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. As they grow and begin to learn about the world they live in, they are notorious for asking relentless questions about how or why things work. I pick on my daughter occasionally because we, when we're in the States, we do a lot of traveling, and she's traveling with me, and we would travel for five, six hours, and she wouldn't shut up the entire trip. I look back on those times now, and I wish that they would come back. Now she sleeps. But with ease. She sleeps. But with each question and answer, they are absorbing knowledge that will inform much of their lives as adults. Similarly, a successful life of faith, a successful Christian life, will be predicated predicated upon a heart that is quick to learn. A successful Christian life is one that where there is a heart that is quick to learn. Children are not only trusting and teachable, but they're also tender. One of the child's most important needs is love. It's rare to find a baby that does not want to be held. Or an older child that is not comforted by the touch of a parent or caregiver, especially during times of sickness or pain. Even as adult children, we have a special place in our hearts for the embrace of a parent or the embrace of a friend. And the children in this passage were not so big and hardened by life as to miss out on a tender moment with Christ. We have a Heavenly Father who loves to hold His children. But too often in our fast-paced lives, we miss out on opportunities to allow God to be our Abba Father, to care for us as long as He longs to and as only He can. We get so busy with life that we shove God off into the nursing home and leave Him locked up in the nursing home. We must remember that just as a child's first response is to run to a parent when hurting, we need to look no further than the Lord when we are hurting. King David was a man. He was a man's man. He was a valiant warrior. But his greatest testimony was found in Acts 13 when it was said that he is a man after God's own heart. It is no coincidence that David also had a childlike heart, trusting, teachable, and tender. 
Psalms 25, David writes, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, the tender mercies and thy loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. David's heart was trusting. It was teachable. It was tender. Sometimes children will play dress-up and pretend to be grown-up. It can be entertaining to see how they take cues from the adults in their lives to determine how to look and behave in imaginary roles. But the lesson Jesus had for his disciples was that we must dress down, not up, and take our cues from children in our approach to God. We are to come to Him unashamedly to admit that we are vulnerable, that we are dependent upon Him, that we are unable to save ourselves and totally dependent upon Him. And our faith should grow as we daily learn more of who God is and what He has done for us. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly in the charity of every one of you all towards each other abounded. Jesus' lessons here was that we must dress down. We must take our cues from the children in our approach to God. We must be teachable. We must be trusting. We must be tender. And we must recognize our total dependence upon Him. Enoch here is a good example of that. Enoch is totally, completely, 100% dependent upon his parents, mommy and daddy, take care of him. Even if Enoch wanted to go get some food, he could not do it. He doesn't have the ability. He doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have the, the knowledge to go get food. He is totally, completely dependent. May you and I be totally, completely dependent upon our Heavenly Father. We would all do well to heed the words of Christ and become like children in our walk with Him. We will never know the joy of a relationship with an all-powerful Heavenly Father until we see ourselves as the helpless child that we really are. We will never know the joy of a relationship with an all-powerful Heavenly Father until we see ourselves as the helpless child that we really are. The disciples... It's somewhat shocking to me that at this point in their ministry, they would be telling the children, leave, leave, get out of here, the master doesn't have time for you. May we be more like the parents that brought their child to Christ. May we be bringing the children in our lives, the children that God brings around to us. May we be showing them and directing them to our Heavenly Father, rather than pushing them away. Dear God, in so many areas as we grow, as we physically grow, as we emotionally grow, it becomes harder to be as children. We begin to think that, well, I have my job, I have this, I have that, I have responsibilities. 
I'm doing pretty good. And we lose sight that we really do need you. Lord, help each one of us to take our cues from the children around us. Help us to recognize our dependency upon you. Help us to be teaching and trusting and tender to those around us. Help us to allow you to teach us and to mold us and to direct us. Lord, we love you and we praise your name.